Hey, Marcus. What's up? You like movies? Yes, I do. This is the Zebras in America podcast. I'm Scott Thorough. I am Marcus Penn. How's your week been? Stressful. Oh, man. Like, I'm... Uh, a combination of really, really annoying. If I had the hair to pull out, I'd pull it out. But it's also been pretty exciting, too. Uh, I got some cool stuff coming up. Uh, Why don't you yeah. plug it away? Well, by the time you hear this, it will have been long gone. Okay. I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm prepping. Um, there's a great show. Uh, this guy, Kevin Marr, he's a really great uh, comedian, uh, writer, just all-around renaissance guy. He does this show called Kevin Geeks Out, and uh, it's at Nighthawk Cinema, and it's at the Alamo Draft House. And every month, it, it's a monthly show. Every month, the theme is different. So uh, this month, this month's show is about monkeys, monkeys in film. So uh, what he does is every Kevin Geeks Out show, he has uh, four to six panelists or people who participate, uh, other critics, podcasters, bloggers, writers, comedians, and they each 10 to 12 minutes talk about a, one of their favorite movies. So, subject. so this is one of the few times where you get to, pro if I had to guess, get to mix Uncle Boone Me yeah. and Grandma's Boy in one presentation. Uh, oh, well, I'm glad you said that. I did not incorporate Grandma's Boy in my presentation, but now I'm going to have to. Um, so far in my presentation, because that's another reason why it's been hectic, because just the other day I realized this thing is coming up in less than a week now, and I haven't pulled everything together. I had all the images, I had all the key points, but I didn't put it into like, I have all the, uh, the video clips too, but I didn't put it into a real presentation. So I was able to tie in... Um, Jumanji, uh, Coming to America, what else? Oh, Harry and the Hendersons. Nice. Um, so I've got some good, because uh, Uncle Boon Me itself, it's a good standalone movie about monkeys, but it also has visual connections you know, to other films. Like, 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 like I say in my intro, to be a Thai film set in the jungle is to just be about monkeys by default, because a lot of monkeys are in Thai jungles. So. Well, I, I actually, I've been to Thailand. Have you? I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, Asia. Yeah, I went when I was in my late 20s, like many people do. I had a lot of great food, and I definitely saw monkeys, and they were, they're just all around. Are they nice? Are they... Uh, if the, mostly, you know. I mean, you know, everybody's an asshole, but not monkeys and not animals. I don't no, know. They're I just, don't know. I've, I've they were just hungry. They throw shit. Yeah, That's yeah. thing to do. I don't know. Maybe, you know, it just has to do with where they came from, I guess. Sure, sure. Um, you know, so you do these really cool things where you, like, find pictures from screenshots from movies and old art or screenshots from two different movies and compare them. Sure, yes. And I think people who listen to the show would probably get a lot of looking at that stuff because you tell a lot of small stories very quickly mm -hmm. and is there, so that's what I started thinking about when you're telling about this presentation when you said preparing pictures is that part of it yeah uh, because I'm kind of doing a two-in-one uh, so due to unfortunate circumstances I was supposed to do the uh, January show but uh, some stuff went down and I wasn't able to do it and that show was on uh, ripoff cinema which is literally like right up my alley. I, and I still, the presentation that I was going to do 
I put in like a word form kind of blog post do, uh, document, which you can go on my on Pillin Empire and read whenever you want to. I was excellent doing, website. I was doing. Uh, there's this film called Kickboxer starring Jean Claude Van Damme, uh, and I was comparing it to a year later. There's a ripoff film called King of the Kickboxer. Um, same plot, same kind of everything, just different actors basically. So in this one. The, the theme, I mean, it's a very image video heavy kind of thing. Not necessarily comparing movies, but I, I'm going to be doing I'm Basically, I'm going to make up for what I missed in January. Because January, that presentation I had prepared, that was my time to really kind of show out and do my little side-to-side -side thing. So I couldn't present. So I'm going to do that here. I'm going to kind of do a two-in-one presentation. So so yeah. if, you're, if you're a time traveler, you'll be able to travel back in the past to check it out. Because we're in the past by the time this comes out, wow. it may have happened already. Wow, it will have. That, that's so crazy. I'm saying you could be like a, a time traveler. Also, you know, I was on the train today and I saw the reincarnated Israeli Andre the Giant. And yeah. he he was not in a good mood. Uh-oh, well, stay away from him. I, 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 yeah, because the original Andre the Giant, he was like, I guess, part of the gentle giant trope. Uh, not, uh, it also not turned out he's... It wasn't easy but for him. But I understand, you know, yeah, he was looked at as a freak, and he was also in a lot of pain for many years, so that's not a good combination. Th th those are two things that built up also, so when, like, feeling like a freak, even though he wasn't, but feeling like a freak, and then also being in an immense amount of pain, ongoing chronic pain for years, those two things build up, you know, so he was, you know, in a lot of the 80s, Till his death, he was known to, you know, turn down autographs from little kids and be kind of, you know, rude. But it happens. I, I, I get cranky for, for lesser known reasons. So I, 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 I still I still love him and I miss him, but I didn't know him very I, well. I do just to, and to but to go back though, if you're listening to this now, I am going to put my Kevin Geeks Out presentation. I'm going to do a Pinland Empire blog post uh, about it as well. So you'll be able to kind of somewhat get 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 the gist of it. Um yeah, I've been engulfed with uh, Uncle Boomy for the last few weeks, actually, because I just wrote a, well, about over a week ago, I finished writing a piece for the Pink Smoke on Uncle Boomy that's a lot more personal, a little more serious, um, whereas this next Uncle Boomy piece that I'll be presenting and will be immortalized on my blog, yeah. um, you can read about that. It's a lot more lighthearted and just uh, more funny than, than the, the piece that's out right now. I really like the piece that is out right now. Thank um, you. Um, I'm sure. Yeah, go to uh, Pink Smoke to, to read it. it it's always going to be up. Um, yeah, no, it's weird. Like just a lot of random strangers who've been uh, hitting me up. My dad's best friend. Uh, for those who don't know, my father passed away not even two months ago. So I've been dealing with that. And this piece that I wrote about Uncle Boomy ties into him for various reasons. I don't give too much away, but de but definitely read it. So a lot of people who I haven't heard from in years are just my dad's friends or random Facebook and Twitter folks are reading it and reaching out to me. It feels really good to, you know, it always feels good to have someone like what you write, but for the, this specific thing I wrote, which is very personal, it, it means just, you know, means a lot more. So, Yeah, I mean, because of, because of my own experiences, I was able to project and get a lot out of your, sure. your article. It was a good article, and I suggest people read it. Yeah. So. Um, do you remember last time we were here? I was talking about this pizza place where the yes. sauce was so good that oh, yeah. dude, someone got murdered. Yep. So last time, you had me watch a movie mm -hmm. called "It Felt Like Love," mm -hmm. 
And that movie had the food sponsored by that very pizza place. No way. Way. Ellen B. Spumoni Gardens. Wow. And if you ever listen to me and Tone Tank's song Bazooka Rap, he says Ellen B. Spumoni Gardens has the best Sicilian, which most people agree with. But That's crazy. Yeah. And some other Italian places. But, damn, that movie was... That movie kicked me in the stomach, man. Yeah. Uh, it, for those listening, I, I, I do a big uh, end-of-the-year review every year, and it felt like love was in my top ten of uh, 2014. Um, yeah. If I had to rank it, though, because I, I try not to rank I do it in sections, but in terms of ranking, it would probably be number four out of the ten movies in 2004. And remember, 2014 was, um, you know, Boyhood, um, The Unknown Known, uh, Nightcrawler, uh, Winter Soldier. Um, there were was left alive, so that was you know so, so that you had some competition. So um, I think that says something that that mo- it felt like love is mentioned alongside all those other movies that you know I just named, and I th- I think it's worthy uh, to, to to be mentioned. Um, I mentioned, I think this was after we recorded the last episode, but I, I think I said to you, to me that movie. It does one of either two things. One, it either picks up where Welcome to the Dollhouse left off, or it just travels in the same lane as as Welcome to the Dollhouse, and and a little little a sprinkle of virgin suicides also. I think suicide. Yeah, I think suicides plural. There are people who are a little bit older who have never seen Welcome to the Dollhouse, and I think would have a little trouble relating to it. But it, do, it's, see, it, do you, I mean, well, just off, just from gadgets and and and, and aged. But I think middle school, for the most part, is middle school, and I, I think. Yeah, here's the thing. Like, I, oh, that's the only Todd Salon's movie aside from storytelling that I even give a pass because I just have such trouble. Not even w- happiness. Yeah, I mean, I. Did you I see his most recent movie from last year, Wiener Dog. No, we talked about this on the first episode. Oh, okay. 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 Um, and it's just, it's it just, yeah, he's just not for me. Um, and yeah, like he, his, his movie, unlike this one has more humor, but with also like, I'm biased because this movie is told in Brooklyn where it I'm from. Like it felt about. like love. Yeah. But what I love about it is, so I live in Brooklyn It's the biggest, like one of the biggest boroughs, if not the biggest boroughs. And it is the it's the third biggest city in the United States. I know it was the biggest city before 1898 when New York City was incorporated. Right, right, right. So people don't realize how many Brooklyns there are. That mm-hmm. that Walt Whitman's Brooklyn and Jay Z's Brooklyn and Woody Allen's Brooklyn and Howard Zinn's Brooklyn and Mike Tyson's Brooklyn and my Brooklyn are all very different. Yeah. Oh, that's a very good point. And so this little slice of Brooklyn doesn't get a lot shown and the last time they tried was with St. Vincent which 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 yeah. which went to Manhattan Beach and it was kind of like why the movie that movie wasn't bad but I didn't like love it it was a little homogenized I guess that, that, that's the only word that comes to mind and I do think with that cast of Bill Murray Naomi Watts and Melissa McCarthy I just think it should have been a little better yeah, it was, it's not terrible. It was. I just think with the talent that was involved in that movie, it should have been a little. It was a missed opportunity. I feel like if they had focused more, because like, because these areas are strange and weird, and they don't get, you know, 
people say to people will say to people not from cities, you know, when you say, oh, you know, I'm from a small town. I say, well, New York is a small town, too. You know, I still am friends with the people I grew up with. Um, You know, for for a a big time in my life, we, we would date all the same people, see all the same people, get drunk the way like like a hick or a townie or a redneck. So, you know, it's there are these little micro stories that don't often get told. So it was nice that when this film was made, it was so narrow in the way that it was told that it became universal. Yeah. I just to, and to add on to that for 2 years I lived in Canarsie, mm. which is a neighborhood in Brooklyn. I remember Canarsie's out there by the way. Yeah. So the few times, you know, every once in a while when, when folks would come by to visit or something like they, their whole thing like where is where are you you know like because it just they, they weren't used to that Brooklyn like yeah I lived in a um, I guess a triplex I lived on the bottom of a, of a triplex this guy was renting out and I had like a front lawn yeah I, dri- I didn't have a car but I had a driveway mm-hmm. you know um there was a there was a mall like a big mall there's a big mall same train not line too far from it was a, a two-fair zone, you know what I mean? And it yeah, Starboard City. What's that? Starboard City, is that the, the mall you went to? I don't remember the name. Okay. I, I, I was by the water, though, if that means anything. It, I, I mean, yeah. it, we're an island. Big, yeah, true. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, mean, I guess what I was trying, like, you could literally just see it from, like, my window. But um, I'm glad I didn't live there during uh, Hurricane Sandy. Jeez. But, uh, yeah, no, again, but, but going back to my original point, it just, it didn't seem, like, folks were like, this looks more like Long Island than it does, you know, Brooklyn or something like that. Yeah, and it's it's Brooklyn. It's Garrison Beach. It's Gravesend. It's it's just like it's very real Brooklyn for a lot of people. Brooklyn, New York City has eight million people. Yeah, most of them don't live in Manhattan. Many of them don't live lives like live lives like girls. The show Girls. Many of them don't live lives like you know the rough hood movies of the 90s there's a very complicated life that that many people live like you know 80 blocks from tiffany's is that that movie 60 blocks from tiffany's yeah 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 yeah. yes one of the few dies well a common theme here is i don't really like documentaries that's one of the ones that i do you know that was happening 80 blocks from tiffany's yeah so like all this stuff can be happening during the same New York City that Hannah and her sisters was happening right, right, was the right, same right, New York right. City as Wild Style, yeah. as the crack epidemic, yep. as Do the Right Thing. And it all ties into a lot of times, like, there's a lot of different people within New York, but a lot of times this whole melting pot thing, I like to kind of call New York City an ice cube tray sometimes more than I do a melting pot. Like, things kind of bleed over. Yeah. And there are a little melting pot thing, but for the most part, there's... And I don't even like to say se- segregated because, like, you, I call you it know, an undressed so, salad. Or okay, or that too, or that, that too. Like the and, components and, are very close, but it's not, you know. The and you know it's funny the explanation. Even though I'm not from LA or Cal or just the West Coast period. I'm from Massachusetts, but um, you're now when I write a lot about LA films. So what you just said about Brooklyn reminds me of like I uh, I don't remember what piece it was for oh it was for when I wrote about Straight Outta Compton I got into this thing about F. Gary Gray's career and I was just saying like F. Gary Gray's Los Angeles 
is a lot different than Paul Thomas Anderson's Los Angeles, which is different from Tarantino's Los Angeles, which is yeah. different from Robert Altman's Los Angeles. So and also geographically, Los Angeles is gigantic. Exactly, yes. So. And and it, it's, it's lit better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like literally, the sunlight yeah. is considered the most beautiful. I also just want to say, because my fiancé, who's from, as I said, from what people call, so, some people call other world Brooklyn, but it's for them, it's their world Brooklyn. For yeah. everyone, is everyone. You know, she was deeply affected by this movie. Awesome. And, you know, it's about, it's about this very young, this young girl who's, like, trying to figure out herself and boys and identify herself and... Like there's lying and there's confusion and there's these beautiful like difficult scenes and you you know it's really it's you know there's no music except for a lot of Joey Badass's friends but like there's no sco- there's no score there's no score yeah, yeah, no. there's just there's just music coming from boom boxes which I appreciate I think unless done which is weird because I'm saying this to a film composer right I, after me sometimes some some movies. Could have a lot less music. I think that. I think. Time. I think it really worked. I also think it also had to do with the budget of thirty thousand sure. dollars. And for anyone that says that thirty thousand dollars isn't a small budget for a full length film, has never made a full length film because that's thirty thousand dollars, not including all the time and time and work that people put in. That actually is worth a certain amount of money. So if a grip that gets paid eighty dollars an hour works for thirty hours for free. You know, like yeah. that's part of it too. But I just want, I wanted, I didn't want to like paraphrase my fiance when talking about a film that's so feminine. Mm-hmm. So I said, Hey, w- would you, is there stuff you like to say? And she was just like, You know, the lust for the male body and idealizing hyper masculinity in a Brooklyn that is gentrifying in other areas that idealizes more feminine males makes for yearning for this man the kind of secret between girls who grew up here and the sexual deviancy that we explore with each other at a young age in these really specific neighborhoods is important for us to see and know that it's shared. Just the types of people we idolize and sexualize and how we sexualize ourselves because we think it's what we wanted and to do and do we want it. Like deciphering what is our lust and what is someone else's is a really big mix-up for us South Brooklyn girls who also want to be woke feminists. Wow. I she thought... More I know, right? Is Yo, when she we finished... When we finished this movie, she was like... Because I was so scared she was going to hate it. Right. Because also, movies without music take their time. The movie's not long. Yeah. But because there's no music, the, the last act is is torturous almost. Mm-hmm. And I we turn the lights on... And she's like, yo, I need to Facebook this. Oh my God. And and then we then we had to make sure that, that the that the director was a girl and that she was from Brooklyn. Yeah, we should Eliza Hitman. We should mention yeah. her name. Yeah. She's yeah. dope. Yeah. Like I I will watch any movie she makes from here on out. That movie took a piece of my heart because and we were talking about this versus text in text is that like many of the girls we know have gone through these horrible situations because you know, dudes are gross and yeah. like, you know, I think it needs to be said by men particularly that we actually do need to like teach our young boys to like not be gross to girls because yeah. it's not a given yeah. and we have to learn it. And so you see these guys doing gross things 
And it's not like, oh, they can't help themselves, but teach them that it's not right. Yeah, you know, I was just going to say, not to like always bring up my dad, but like I think it starts young. Because like some, you're not, oh, even when you're young, young, you're still not always around your parents. Sometimes yeah. you find yourself in front of the television or you see another male figure, you know, do something you think it's cool. So it's up to if, and if there's not a, a dad or a mom or just whatever, you know, you know, parental figure, whatever guardian figure, you know, because I remember one time my mother was washing dishes. This is when I was very young, and I tossed the dish into the sink while she was washing dishes. And my mother, like, turned to me and she was like, Come here, you're going to finish washing these dishes. And I said, No, that's women's work. I don't, and like, who know, you know. And then my mother, before she got mad at me, she looked straight at my dad, like, What the hell? And then, like, right away, my dad, you know, like, like no we don't do that you know so that and there's another story where I didn't know I wasn't faced I I didn't have anyone to you know I almost it was like playing outside when we were all you know hitting and then like something got serious and I almost hit a girl like I raised my hand to hit a girl I was very very young it wasn't like you know a couple years ago and then my dad stopped me and he was just like you don't do that you know even if girl woman female does something wrong you just don't do that it's not you know whatever i don't remember it was i was like four or five years old so you know so it's little things like that so little thing it was just like oh washing dishes isn't woman's work anyone does it oh you don't hit women so like when you have a base for things like that at least that's how it worked with me just yeah. as i grew up i did like certain things that didn't need, need to be told you know so i think it's great that and i need that these movies and people are starting to say like yo so let's say you weren't taught this. Let's learn now. Yeah. And let's let's figure out what to do. Because cause, cause honestly, I do think that, that young men do need to be taught to not be gross. Yeah. And I think, um, not, not that, let's get a little muggy, but like even porn of not even just today, but of like well over a decade now. It's to the point where it's just not even porn. It's just like, this is fucked up. It's like, it might as well just be rape to some degree or just degrading. And when you're a boy, when you're like, and I think it's a generational thing. Like if you're of the seventies or like in my case, like when you find a porno in the late eighties or, you know, even the nineties, it wasn't about like male aggression towards just, it wasn't like that. Like sure. There, there, there was kissing stuff, you know, and there was, there was storyline. And but not to I, say, you know, no, I, I just, just and, interject. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of sex positive, uh, female positive pornography being made. Yeah. But there's also a lot of confusing pornography where sexual acts that are done that may seem degrading to some, which in in someone's bedroom might be perfectly healthy. Sure, sure. But it certainly might give you a false binary or, or idea of what sex is. So if, yeah, so if the porn is more aggressive, then possibly the boys think they can be more aggressive. That, that literally, but that, just, that's the point I was making. But yeah. that doesn't mean that the boys should be aggressive. Yeah. and uh, or, that, or that the girls need to be in porn. I mean, uh, yeah. but I think yeah. any, if anyone wants to be in porn, that's fine. I, I, Absolutely. I, I believe that if, if that any, any type of art that Belladonna had chosen to do she would have been incredible at yeah she would she's she's a her performances like we're not going to talk about porn much on this on this but i'm talking from i'm talking strictly from just like 
a performance like base like like well, she she's, has a strength to her. There's something about her that she just commands and just takes yeah. Takes over. Yeah. Um. So funny. I feel like I can somehow mesh this into because she was also she had a short scene in Inherent Vice. One one of the only things I remember from that movie. Sorry. Sorry, guys. But, uh, yeah, that movie is very overrated. Well, you know what? I'm not going to say it's overrated because, you know, it, it's been how many years? It's been three years since it came out. And I don't, and up until you just mentioned, I haven't thought about that movie in months, um, which says something. And I think only Paul Thomas Anderson stands. And if you are, that's fine. I'm a stand for other directors, but I think they're the only ones to try to keep that movie and make that movie out to be more than something it is. It's totally, I think, between that and The Master. I, th- I really think even, you know, don't kill me, but like even there, there will be blood, but mainly the master. No, nah, fuck. There will be blood, but, but even, even, but especially the master inherent vice, Paul Thomas Anderson has a, a huge problem ending movies. I think he lost his talent for like knowing how to end a movie. I, and just, I'm going to go s- sticking the landing rather aside, you know? aside from punch drunk love and heart eight. I don't think he's ended movies. Well, I've heard other people say that. You're not the first to say that. Oh, I love Heart Eight or Sydney. Some people, it's weird that movie. There are some people. I, we have to make sure we haven't talked about. about this before. Yeah. I worry that we've talked about this before. This? No. Sydney? I don't know. Um, Sydney. I was just saying Sydney or Heart Eight. They have two different movies, and to some people who are fans, some people like for me for the longest time, I thought Heart Eight was Heart Eight. When someone was talking to me about Sydney, Sydney said, "I was like, what is Sydney?" And they were just like, "Oh, it's Heart Eight. It's the other title." I was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. Speaking of overrated movies, um, so I, I was I was off work today, mm-hmm. so I watched I tried to watch a bunch of movies. Nice, I miss those days. Yeah, I tried to watch this movie with Katie Holmes, where she played a bipolar poet that falls for a bipolar rap poet that was produced by Spike Lee. What the hell is this? I forgot what it was called. I could not finish it. And and I, I I I feel like people Yeah, I don't know. What? And like I wanna like I wanna like Katie Holmes because she starred in Forrest Whitaker's first film he directed. That was not Forrest Whitaker's first film. First daughter? First daughter, no. No? Forrest Whitaker did a couple movies before that. He did Strapped, first of all. Oh yeah. Like Strapped, Fredro Starr, Buster Rhymes. And mm. then and then between that he did Hope Floats with Sandra Bullock and Harry Connick Jr. And he directed Waiting to Exhale. No, he did a bunch of stuff before. Yeah, okay, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he also directed First Daughter, lest we forget. Yeah. Uh, not my favorite movie. And then I, I tried to watch Overnight, which you told me to see, the documentary about the, the Boondock oh. Saints guy. Oh, hell yeah. Troy Duffy? Yeah. I what tr- a train wreck of a human being. I tried, but I just don't care for documentaries, and I couldn't. Even that? See, I just thought because he's such a just like terrible it just made me upset it just made me upset well then they did it's fine fair enough and and it wasn't filmed very well and and my first homework for you is because i don't think yet you've seen this let's get lost the chet baker documentary that's yeah no so that's 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 that's, that is a documentary that i like perhaps even love as is uh, directed by the famous photographer Bruce Weber, and because of that, because of that, I'm able to be compelled because a documentary has to be shot well or done well. Mm-hmm. The the 
this movie just was like old footage. It wasn't for me. Speaking of things that look beautiful, but not, but so I saw Nocturnal Animals this afternoon. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it stops right there. It looks beautiful. And but even that only goes so far. That that for about thirty. It lasts for about thirty minutes, and then even you know. Not a great movie. Uh, Michael Shannon was incredible. As is usually the case. I mean, that's when is he not? He, but this one was like, yo. It was his, he's so good. So occasionally yeah. he's extra so good. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Amy Adams was very good. Though it's hard for me to believe that Amy Adams has an 18 year old daughter. Though, even though I think she's old enough to have an 18-year-old daughter, yeah. I just don't... I mean, I'm yeah, old yeah. enough to have an 18-year-old daughter, sure, sure. and I'm like 34. Yeah. It would have been difficult, but it's possible. Yeah. Um, but, like, so when when Tom Ford's first movie came out, Single Man, yeah. also came out when A Serious Man came out. So I, I double... I double... I uh, double I featured yeah. both... <laughs> Because um, I was like, oh, films with man in them. Um, yeah. And I thought a single man was good. I have, so maybe this might lead it in, in, into some homework if you're not familiar with this guy. I just, my issue with Tom Ford is he imitates uh, one aspect of a, this is a director that has many different facets, but I think Tom Ford really likes to imitate Todd Haynes. Very, very much. Right down to the fact that he uses some of his actors, uh, like Julianne Moore in a, you know, a Single Man. Uh, Todd Haynes, most recently, he's probably most notable for Carol because that's yeah. you know, but like you the, know, I'm ta- like which is a, the film remake of The Price of Salt, if I'm yeah. correct. Yes. But like he did, um, you know, Far From Heaven, which was kind of a uh, you know a Douglas Sirk uh, homage, uh, starring Julianne Moore. He's worked with Julianne Moore a few t- uh, 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 a few times. He did Safe. He did Velvet Goldmine. Uh, the Bob Dylan movie, which I don't know much about Bob Dylan, so I don't get all the references, but I think... Oh, the one kind of like, where everyone changes? Yeah, yeah, the six different Bob Dylans. Um, a lot of people like it, but like I said, you, you, from what I understand, you have to know quite a bit about Bob Dylan, and I don't. But Todd Haynes is still one of my favorite filmmakers, just because of he, his first two films, Poison and Safe. He also did a film uh, about Karen Carpenter uh, and her bulimia made with dolls. Made, he used Barbie dolls. But the movie's very dark and frightening and scary, but it's all made using Barbie dolls. It's called Superstar, the Karen Carpenter story. It's on YouTube. That's crazy. Yeah. It, the movie, and, and, it, and, it, and that's, it's so disjointing because it's, even like the, there's like sets and models and houses. It's all like miniature. It's like a, but the actors, it's just voices and then it's just dolls. And it's very creepy and it's very scary. That's the, just the music is very hard. It's 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 very just it, it's it's disorienting. It's very good, and I just think there's this kind of like old timey yet high fashion modernistic kind of you know thing that Tom Ford latched onto, and I think he takes some of Todd Haynes' style and, and runs with it. So. I thought, but Michael Shannon was great. Jake Gyllenhaal wasn't bad either. I I didn't. I thought <clears throat> I'm over that sort of thing of whatever it was and it just looked really good and I was over it and I didn't enjoy it mm. and I found it I found the intro to be weird for weird's sake 
I saw this movie back in September of last year, so I don't remember exactly what. The uh, intro is a bunch of large women naked dancing in slow motion. Oh, it's like an art installation. Yeah. Thing. Oh yeah, because Amy Adams' character, she's like an artist. She's oh, like, okay. she, yeah, and right. it was just, it's just like weird. I liked, I liked the dancing people better, you know, in um, Mulholland Falls or Mulholland Drive. Such a similar that yeah yeah I like I liked that movie better and that, that was, was man that's a really good comparison because I'm 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 a big David Lynch fan and I'm I'm one of those David no Lynch fans. really but it's like I have to take it a step further I'm one of those David Lynch fans that you can like have Dune a conversation no oh. and that makes me a real fan because I'm not just gonna blindly like what you know but what the what I'm getting at is I'm someone who ooh excuse me like. I can talk about David Lynch's work way beyond, oh man, the movie was so weird. I, I can have a conversation beyond that, which is what I think most people stop at. It's like, and I'm not so pig-headed to be like, yeah, a lot of his movies are fucking weird, but there's more to it. Like when people get caught up in the quirkiness of Twin Peaks, and it's very quirky, but that movie's also about like abuse, like yeah. sexual abuse. You know what I mean? Mulholland Drive is loosely based on a true story. It's loosely based on the life of uh, Keanu Reeves' ex-girl, ex-woman who died um, because really? she was David Lynch's assistant. And then her and Keanu Reeves, they had, you know, they she was pregnant, but then she had a miscarriage. Yeah. She's very depressed about it. And then she left Marilyn Manson. Marilyn Manson had a crazy, like, all-night party. And uh, a lot of the blame was placed on Marilyn Manson for her death. Um, a lot left, of deaths the, get... Yeah. Get, oh wow! Used yeah, to get right. placed on she, Marilyn Manson. She left the party uh, drunk, and she drove home drunk, and um, she, you know, crashed on the highway. So there's a lot of, um, you know, Eraserhead. It, it's about the fear of fatherhood. That that movie is semi autobiographical. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another movie you had me watch this week. Was CQ. Yes. Which is uh, Roman Coppola's first film. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a talented Coppola. Mm-hmm. I really like that movie. He's more known, just a side note, he's done one other film. Oh, it's some long, I forget, it's this movie with Bill Murray and, and, and Charlie Sheen and, and Jason Schwartzman that a lot of people haven't seen. But he's mostly known for directing music videos. Um, but yeah, no. Oh, okay. So going back to that, I'm glad you, I'm glad you liked it. Also, like, a couple, you know, I just really enjoyed how magical it was, and the music was great, and there yeah. were there were these different motifs, and um, seeing the Quantum Leap guy made my heart happy, because yeah. I used to watch Quantum Leap with my pop, yeah. so that was nice. Dean Stockwell. And, um, like, random Billy Zane. Yeah. For me, Billy Zane makes me feel safe, like... You ever like in a city or a weird neighborhood that you've never been at mm-hmm. and then you look and you see that, that one of your friends who writes graffiti has a tag tagged up there sure, sure. and it makes you feel safer because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, this person's here. This person's been there and they've been okay. Damn, that's funny you say that. I appreciate it because like I remember, I mean, I was enjoying Zoolander long before we see Billy Zane. Yeah, but once Billy but Zane should, shows and up. it's the way he kind of glides in. He like floats into the scene. Almost, and and he's a very like uh, I don't know, like the way he carries himself. There's there's like an almost like even when he's not acting, there's like a theatrical presence to him, like the way he speaks and pronounces his words, and he's very like you know. Yes, you you just there's something about his presence. It's just like I'm like okay, 
thank you Billy Zane or thank you like like if when I see a graffiti writer I know in another place or even a graffiti writer I don't know but that I'm used to seeing so like I feel extra comfortable like one time I was in some some weird place in Massachusetts and I saw a Tone Tank sticker who's my friend and music partner and I was like Western Mass good enough 413 the 413 where I'm from um I'm going to Boston tomorrow. I don't know nothing about the 617. Okay. That's some other shit. All right. I understand. Yeah. Um, and it, but even when, like, I remember when I was young, I, I went to Florida to meet a friend, and at the, I was alone, and on the air station, the, like, the plane station, the graffiti writer news had a, had a sticker there. And I was like, oh, okay, I feel okay now. So, so what Wes Anderson does is takes all the people that he wants to copy off of and has them write his movies. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I guess post like post Rogue Tenenbaums. Sure, Anderson. but like because I, the thing is, you know, I don't want to start any fights with this one. But I was I'm, I'm a Wes Anderson like Rushmore. No, sorry, Bottle Rocket. I'm sorry, Bottle Rocket. Through um, you know Royal Tenenbaums, I was on board with Life Aquatic. It was kind of one of those things where like when it was over, it was like, "All right, that was cute. Don't do it again." Kind of thing like. And then he did it again, mad times. Yeah, and it's like there's so, and and I think people Life Aquatic's one of those movies that it's like, oh, it's Bill Murray, but it's funny, but he's like shootouts and all this other stuff, and it's like just stop it and just kind of there's that. That movie's very open to some criticism. And like I said, when it was over, it's like when you get over on your parents kind of thing, and then your mom or dad's like, all right, that was cute. Don't do that shit again. And then you do it again, you get in trouble. And he's been in trouble with me for quite some time. And since then, he's just been having Noah Baumbach and Roman Coppola yeah. helping with his stuff. Yeah. And, you know, while I think I like one movie by Noah Baumbach. What's that? Um, the Squid and the Whale. No, I like Mr. America, but not not for like, not just because it was stupid and silly and like, I think Lola Kirk is pretty and it was it was fun. Yeah, I just, oh we've talked oh we talked about this uh, a while, wow now I can say years ago that time we were hanging out with him too many at that at that bar when we were talking about Mr. America. I just get annoyed with this whole Greta Gerwig like I'm the awkward girl. It's like every fucking movie. It's like I get it. Like okay, I get it. Yeah, I mean she stayed doing that. I don't really That's like. Kind of my thing with it. Francis Hot was was not great. Oh, I like actually. I, I didn't mind Francis. Uh, I just like he he's just his what I just said. his whole like you know post mumblecore sad movies. They just make me sad. Like. Like Greenberg was like this, like made me like actually upset after seeing that movie. Yeah, I was like really upset. And Margot at the wedding. What? Well, yeah, I wasn't a fan. I actually I saw it in the theater. I saw it at the Angelica when it came out. And it was just because like I knew divorced people in in like Park Slope in the nineties eighties. So like Squid and the Whale was very relatable to me. Sure. Like Jesse Ehrenberg went to my junior high school. No, he went to my high. Whatever. Yeah. He's from Queens, though. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Queens. He, he went to PPAS, which is where I went for junior high school. He went there for high school. Um, some other people did, too, but it doesn't matter today. 
Um, can I say? Can I just that, that post mumblecore thing is interesting because he's. I think he might be the only director who's post and pre uh, mumblecore. So, thankfully to the Criterion Collection, a lot of people, much like how people say Moonlight is Barry Jenkins' directorial debut, it's not. A lot of people. No, he made a mumblecore film. Exactly. Um, nice tie-in. Um, he uh, Noah Baumbach made that film, Kicking and Screaming. Yep. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I have. A lot you of people know, didn't even know that. A lot, a lot he made of, like, two. You know, he made three yeah. movies, but one yeah. that he that is Alan Smithied. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people were treated. Some people even said, you know, just like Squid and the Whale was like his debut, and it's like, no, no way. Like a decade ago, he was he, he made a film. But or it's like the dude the dude that directed like Pineapple Express. He's not just the guy. He's he's David Gordon. He's Green. David Gordon Green who who directed Joe, Forget. which is crazy. But let, I, I want to talk about his grit, like George Washington and all the real girls, uh, his, or his, or his Malick movies, basically. Or or like, I th- I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb. The very excellent and much maligned Your Highness. No, nah, we're not. We're on different. Uh, oh man, that movie was amazing. It's the opposite. I really liked it. It's on like it's on Speed Racer. Um, I like Speed I, Racer. I know you do. It's um. I know I'm not in I'm not I I have met in person one person Joshua Benjamin was so that likes this movie and I I do one more than me I uh it's all see the thing is too I'm big I don't know if you've seen David Graham Green's earlier stuff I just like his arc of doing all these like all those different movies yeah but they're just like I just he if you can go in different lanes, do it. But if you're good in one lane, I say just do, it. just be be that Rock Marciano where you sure. try to be different. Just just do what do what you know. And I think you didn't like Joe, not really. I just think at that point with with like all the Jeff Nichols stuff and then Terrence Malick making his return, it was yeah. just like I, I feel like it was mud. I, like I feel like I saw this before. Like you know, it was just Matthew McConaughey had a beard, a very fake. Uh, beard. Uh, uh, Nicholas Cage. No, no, I'm just saying, like, Joe was like mud. Oh, okay. Just in this case, the, the Matthew McConaughey. Right down to it, use the same actor, the same little kid actor. Really? Yeah, the kid from uh, from Mud was the kid in, in Joe. Who also, let's tie it back to, because these are all Terrence Malick New South movies, he was the middle brother in Tree of Life. Yeah. Ty Sheridan. Yeah, yeah, that's his name. Yep. So it's, uh, but like, George Washington and All the Real Girls and Undertow and Snow Angels. Those are his, like... It's one of those... He's that classic example of a guy who made these, like, art house movies and then suddenly... Luckily, I like Pineapple Express, but then, like, with Your Highness, The Sitter. Oh, my God, The Sitter. The Sitter was like not that, great. It's like, wait, what's happening? It's You know what? You, you are the only person... People listening to what I'm about to say won't get it. He literally... If you were from, like, Grimy Queens... And you love Mike Geronimo's first album, and then Vendetta came out, and it's like, wait, what? Shine, what? Wait, what's happening? I'm proud. I want to pat myself on the back for that comparison I just made, because that's literally David Gordon Green was like the Mike Geronimo of, of of cinema. I mean, Mike Geronimo, I at the record store I used to work at, Mike Geronimo would come in sometimes. Oh no way! And I and I was just like, and we and he liked us because we had Mike Geronimo posters up, because he was because he would hang out in Brooklyn Heights, so. We would represent artists that were near us, but we were like, "Come on, Mike, why, why, why this one?" Yeah, Puffy, he got uh, he got seduced by the by the money. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think uh, Puffy is a very, very brilliant sociopath yeah, who's yeah. who's made a lot of money and bankrupted many people uh, economically and morally and spiritually, and um, he's very talented. But it, but you know, at what cost? He's talented at hiring talented people. That's a that's a skill. Okay. Yeah. All right. This, this this is a good time too, because uh, to talk about like more recent movies, I saw the uh, that Craig Mack documentary, Crazy Like That Glue, which is another good uh, connection to what you just mentioned, because it has to do with Puffy and. The, He's like a crazy you know? born again Christian in like a weird place, right? Born again Christian is is putting it like putting lightly. it lightly. Born again Christian is fine. Like this is a cult, so. And it's weird because. Um, he seemed okay. I actually, I bumped into Craig Mack. It was very strange. He was eating, I was in a DJ battle. This was 2004, and he was across the street eating dinner, or lunch rather, with these two people that didn't look like they belonged hanging out with Craig Mack. And he was wearing a gun holster without a gun, just like it was part oh of the boy. outfit. And he was very nice. I went up to him and was like, oh. It's Craig, just for the look. I don't like light it. No, it was, to- yeah. And he was very nice. He was, you know, cordial. He took a picture. Uh, this was before even flip phone. I had a flip phone, so I had a little ex- uh, disposable camera, and I lost the camera. So I wish I had that picture now. But um, yeah, crazy like that glue. It's actually up. It's on uh, YouTube in in one full video, so you can see it there. Stream it to your TV. It, it just it's a look into. It talks about the drama and the friction that went on between Diddy and uh, Craig Mack and, and, and all that stuff. So it's uh, it's good. I recommend that. Yeah. So I know you don't like uh, documentaries, but it's only an hour. It's a hip-hop documentary. I think it was put together well. I, I, I don't think I've really liked... Yeah, I don't know. I just don't really like documentaries, man. That's fine. I understand. It's just, it just doesn't do it for me. You're telling me about this, and I'm like, oh... No. <laughs> okay. I don't think I don't think I want to see that one. Sure. Are there any movies coming out that you want to see? Coming out. Yeah, just not anytime. So I take that back. Yes, Terrence Malick's new movie comes out this weekend. The documentary no, one? No, 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 no. That that came out last year. Uh, Voyager Time. This I couldn't year. find that anywhere. Oh, it's because it's probably not distributed. But it was playing in IMAXs because that was the whole thing. It was like an IMAX. Movie. But I thought that was I thought there's like a longer one, the one that. Okay, so what's what's the new what's the, tell me about this new Terrence it's Malick? Song to song, it's with Michael Fassbender, uh, Ryan Gosling, Rooney Mara, Iggy Pop, what? Patty Smith, what? Yeah, Val Kilmer, great. What a cast! What a cast! Christian Bale um, makes an appearance because that's his boy. Yeah, this is uh, it's about the music scene in Austin. Um, Damn. It's a post thin red line Terrence Malick movie, so I'm excited because that's because that's the Malick that I love. And and if you see the trailer, it looks just like it, it looks like it's in line with Night of Cups, To the Wonder, all that stuff. So uh, when are you I going? When are you going to see it? I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. Um, this weekend's a little tricky. I'm. I'm, I'm it's out already. It comes it, today actually. Um, I have to figure out where it's playing, but maybe next next weekend. I got. I'm not gonna sit on it for too long because another podcast that I appear on regularly called Wrong Real. Uh, we're trying to do an episode on it, so I actually have to see it uh, soon so we can talk about it there. Um, but even if that wasn't the case, I just I love Malik's films. So I'll probably see it next week because this week 
is is bad for me. Yeah. Maybe uh maybe we can try to coordinate something. Maybe next Friday or, or maybe because I can. It's possible that I may have the hookup if it's playing at a certain theater. Oh, okay. Well, let me know more off off off, off mic. You've 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 hinted at this before. Uh-huh. So you don't like Badlands? No, no, no. Uh, it's it's um. It's Badlands and uh, Days of Heaven. Those are his two like early movies, and they're regarded more as classics than the stuff today. No, th- those movies are fine, but it's just that they're they're fine. I get it, like for their time, the voiceover narration. There's a little bit of weirdness to them, but I just think he goes full Malik. You know, once he came back with Thin, thin Red Line, to the point where just dialogue is so secondary, and just like the use of actors. Like if you knew some of the actors who were cut from like. To the Wonder or Knight of Cups, like yeah. well known. Even it goes back to when he made his return, even though it wasn't a return, because Terrence Malick was doing stuff between that twenty-year period that people like to act it. He was just off on a hill, you know, meditating. But like there were Mickey, you, you know, know, you can't just like unless you come from a billionaire family, you can't just sit on a hill meditating for yeah, twenty and years. People like to play into he he was a script doctor. He he wrote uh, one of the variations of the Dirty Harry script. Uh, he was putting on. He was I've heard about on, that. He's trying to put on plays. He he started and stopped a lot of projects, but um. As he said go. in the last one, he tried to make a film out of the Movie Goer, which is a book I like about movies. Yeah. Um, sort of about movies. What was I gonna say? The thing about Badlands, though, if you and this is, I don't want to steal all the thunder from my friend uh, Chris Funderberg, but that's funny stealing thunder from, from Chris Funder. Thunder from Funder. Um, I'm gonna tell him that. Uh, the thing about Badlands is it's a true story just about whether they're young or not. There's some pretty, they were pretty shitty people. Yeah. And it's just not so much the girl, but still the girl, though, to some extent. And they make them out to be these angelic. They're just some young, confused lovers. In reality, they, they were killers. They were murderers. And it's just. Oh, crazy. see, I didn't get that. I thought they were terrible people the entire time. Yeah, but I think a lot of people do like to romanticize that. Like, just, just. Even if we got that, Terrence Malick himself, I think, is a little confused. Like, to take the time to show these murderers, like, you know, holding each other in a field and it's all pretty and beautiful. It's, it it was quietly, it was like, it was on some natural born killer shit. But, like, he made it to be, like, beautiful and a lot of people buy into the beauty of of that film. The, the... The surroundings are beautiful, the, the the sunsets, the magic hour and all that stuff. But Use of Eric Satie music, yeah. I just like it. Yeah, I have nothing against, like, even what I'm saying, it's about these two shitty people. Badlands is still a good movie, and I understand the praise it gets, but there's just something, just from where I've been mentally to the kind of stuff I like, I just like the kind of more, way more freeform Terrence Malick that we have today, where just, like, two people are talking mid-conversation, the camera just cuts, just goes, scene, just goes to another scene. But before you do that, you get the gist of what's being discussed. You you know everything. You don't need to hear the full conversation. You know yeah, I I think I like, I like, every Terrence Malick film except for The Tree of Life. I, I like Tree. Yeah, but you're not the, that. But that's the whole other. I think that movie's been taught at at at, at nauseum at this point. It's like, I get it. I get. What but the thing is, like, I don't. Life. The thing is, like, one of the reasons I think why you enjoyed starting this podcast with me is like, I don't have these conversations with people. Sure, so sure. I don't know what, I just know that that one of, cause I love thin red line. Mm-hmm. 
I really love the new world. Yeah. Uh, to the wonder, I really liked, awesome. and and sort of cups or night of cups. Night of cups, I liked. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm ready for something just like a little more meaty. No, this doesn't. It, just judging from the trailer, his new film, Song of the Song, doesn't look very meaty. It's That's very, okay. It's very skeletal, just like how Night of Cups and To the Wonder are. He's, this might be, because there's a progression, Tree of Life, because there's almost like three stages. There was like Thin Red Line and the New World was very dreamy and, and, and artsy and freeform, but it was there was still lots of meat on both of those movies. Just off the strength that they're both very long yeah. and, deal with, and, and they're both true stories. Whereas, you know, well, Tree of Life, Knight of Cups, and To the Wonder are essentially true stories because they're about various stages of Terrence Malick's real life. Um, but those movies are very skeletal in terms of their plot. Like yeah. I said, there's not a lot said and all that stuff. I just it. couldn't get the the Tree of Life or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was just too much for me. I understand. And, and some people, and there's a heavy... People don't like to be force-fed religion, and whether and Malik will say, "I wasn't trying," you know, whatever. There's still this heavy religious presence to the point where it's almost like, "Are you a pope?" Like, what? like you know, it's like if you're eating, you know, dinner with one of your friends, and he's like, "Hey, hey, bow your head," and it's like, "No, I don't want to bow. I don't have to bow my head." And I think, and then there's elements of Tree of Life that are very much like that. Yeah, that's not why. Oh, okay. Mostly, I was upset at how poor the CGI of the dinosaur was. Fair enough. It really pissed me off. Well, what's ironic about you saying that is Terrence Malick wanted to make Tree of Life in the late 70s, like right after Days of Heaven, and people were just saying, like, you know, the, the technology's not there. It, the dinosaurs are going to look cheesy. Why don't you just wait? And then he waited, you know, essentially close to 30 years, and it's like, oh, look what we, look what we got. It's still not everything looked so fucking beautiful except for the dinosaur and it took yeah. me it took me away yeah it, it just took me out and and that's just sometimes all I all I really need yeah is to just like once I'm taken away hey man fair enough do you like Oliver Stone no I was trying to think if I like, Case, like, I like any Salvador. Oliver Stone movie the James Woods movie Salvador that was his first big hit. James Woods got nominated for an Academy Award. Salvador's a good, gritty, really good movie with John Savage. For those, John Savage was the uh, Larry Bird wearing, uh, Larry Bird jersey wearing guy and Do the Right Thing, um, which still is unrealistic to me. Even if you're white and from Brooklyn, you're not going to wear a Larry Bird jersey. Anyway, no. I never saw a Larry Bird jersey in Brooklyn exactly, growing up. Exactly, exactly. But anyway, Salvador, he, he uh, is about James Wood. He, he's a photojournalist uh, in this like uh, war-torn section. And uh, it's good. But other than yeah, he's like that kind of guy. Like, with that, okay, let's go back to Nat- Natural Born Killers for a second. He's like, making that movie, it's as if he's congratulating himself. Like, hey, the media likes to idolize serial killers. And it was just like, thanks, Oliver. We knew that already. It's like, we didn't need you to, we know that, you know. Or, like, JFK. Like, what a, anytime people complain about, say, like a, a Terrence Malick movie or a David Lynch movie or something like Post and Ever Slucks. It's like JFK is considered a conventional film. It's like, have you seen that? That movie's fucking confusing. You know, like it's. Uh, I think just people get caught up in. They're told that they're not supposed to like certain things, and they're supposed to like certain things. And I think you know, the main thing that I always want to drive home here is, it's okay, to, 
like things that people don't like and to not like things that people like and to like things that people like and to not like things that people don't like. Whatever is natural, just whatever you like, just go ahead and like it because like there's something inside you that likes it. Just go with it. Like there's nothing wrong. Like there's nothing wrong with it. Um, For example, mm -hmm. I, every time... Aside, well, aside from Speed Racer, because you you roll your eyes every time I tell you I like that, that movie. Was terrible. You know when I I I am tired of telling people I enjoyed the two Superman movies that just came out, because like everyone just like rolls their eyes and just assumes that I'm stupid. Not everyone. I you you'll take uh, one of my best friends in the world, my friend Corey. He loves uh, he loves especially the 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 2013 Superman. So so there's a core group of folks who like it. I enjoyed it. And, like, it's just so frustrating that I'm just kind of, like, when someone starts talking about it. And I do have to clarify that that with Superman versus Batman, you have to watch the, the director's cut version. Mm -hmm. That's much longer, and it's hard, but it, for it to be good. It, and I really like it, because I like long movies that are weird, and I just I just enjoyed those movies. I had a really good time, and it's annoying to be like, explain to people like oh well you like that movie so clearly you must be an idiot and i'm like what yeah we're talking about what we do when we're on our friday off like look man i'm telling you right now like i, I michael hannigy is a director i love very very much i think he's one of the four best active working directors right now which are the guy, four I which are the four uh this is in no order. Claire Denis, Michael Haneke, Olivia Sayas, and Mike Lee. Okay. Um, with with, but I can't watch a Michael Haneke movie all the time. Like you need it. Like that's the thing. Like movies are sometimes an escape. Yeah. And it doesn't get any more of an escape than Batman versus uh, Superman. Yeah, like some of these movies you you recommend to me, I'm like I can't watch this right now, because where I'm at, because I'm like I'm like I'm just gonna, you know, watch. Kickboxer 2 written by yeah. David S. Goyer yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. and and I don't feel bad about it don't no. I've, I've been trying to rewatch that movie Domino okay, I haven't, I haven't done that I haven't, I haven't rewatched it yet I don't, I don't know I want to revisit it because like I feel like there's something that, right? maybe no he did is that is that the you're a Southland Tales guy so I'm a Southland that, uh, Tales that's the but it's like I'm not a Donnie Darko guy. I'm not a box guy. I don't think he made this movie with one idea in mind. What I got from it was different. Mm -hmm. I think much like what was the guy overnight? Oh, Troy Duffy. Like there are certain people that just people are like, oh, you're smarter than everyone in the room. Mm -hmm. And and David Kelly, I don't know that he is, but I really enjoyed Southland Tales, and I, it's it's a movie that I just love to get lost in. We all got that. I, I've been re-engulfed in um, a very hated movie called Fear X. It's one of my all-time favorite movies, um, and this ties back into we were talking about uncle, the, my Uncle Boone piece earlier. I didn't mention it. it's part of an ongoing series I do at the Pink Smoker. We all we've all done it. Uh, it's called The Whole History of My Life, where we not just write about, oh, these are my all-time favorite movies because it's so good. It's more about, like, this is one of the most personal movies 
to me because it ties into these aspects of my life. And Fear yeah. X is... Cronenberg, uh, right? No. No. It's, um, this is Nicholas Winding Refn's first English language film. Oh, yeah. So one, I, this is the one Nicholas Winding Refn movie I haven't seen. Uh, when I get my DVD back from two May, it's been two years. Uh, you can borrow it from me. Um, do you have a, oh, do you have a flash drive on you? No. I was gonna say I have it on my laptop. I, I oh man! But the next time, the next time. Um, yeah, and, and and the cast too. Cast is not too shabby. It's John Turturro, James Remar, Deborah Kara Unger. It got made in two thousand three, and Fear X. It's known more than it. It's it's not known for being a masterpiece of a film, which I think it is. It's known for being a movie that bankrupted him. And it's the reason he had to make the other two Pusher films because Push, the first Pusher was such a big hit in Denmark. They wanted sequels for years. He didn't want to do it. But Fear X put him in the hole because it was a crit, uh, critical failure and disaster. Um, so he made Pusher 2 and Pusher 3 because he knew those would be easy paychecks. And they yeah. were. And then that reinvigorated him. And then he made Bronson, which was his... Uh, his new uh, English language debut, even it wasn't, and then he's now the guy who. I preferred when that movie was called Chopper, but whatever. <laughs> well, just if I could just say though, if I could just say, fair enough, those are about two real people. Yes. And so you're gonna get overlapping, you know, kind of. And I think that Bronson's a lot more stylish, stylish, sure. and stylized. And I'm more sympathetic to Bronson. In a way, a little more. yes, okay. in a, not yeah, yeah. not he by a lot. Killed anybody or anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's yeah. just like he's like a victim yeah. of the Very system. Yeah. Uh, speaking of victims of the system, have you seen the Khalif Browder documentary? No, I have because I don't have cable. It was on, it's on Spike, right? It's on Spike. I haven't gotten to it yeah, yet, but cable, so. but it's 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 gonna it's gonna rumple some feathers. Good. I mean, I, I, I think that's the least it should do, given that uh, young man's. Uh, story and, and, and the shit that, that happened to him so yeah but it's also the documentary finds out that he may have robbed the guy oh yeah really? yeah huh okay you that know, doesn't that no, doesn't no, no. mean that well, he deserved to say, be I, no I was just gonna say this go, like robbing like this I these days I like to go to worst case scenario and this way it makes me feel better when I'm still justified in my issues with you know like um even though he didn't he wasn't robbing anyone like let, let's go back to the Trayvon Martin thing yeah this is a guy who went looking for tr- George Zimmerman I'm talking about followed someone so you know got out of the car had a gun there was a confrontation so when they like to show this image of George Zimmerman's beaten face like he was it's like yeah, because if you have any fucking common sense, Trayvon, if if I'm a se- if I'm 17 years old and some grown man gets out of the car, hey, where are you going? Where are you go- like? And then I'm just doing, you know, whatever. I don't need to tell you. And then the like, if I were in the same uh, situation, thank God I wasn't. Whoever I had a confrontation with would have had marks on his face too, because there would have been a throwdown. Like, don't fall. Like, leave me alone. You know what I'm saying? So I like to look at the worst case scenario in this in this situation. Okay, so we robbed some guy. Like. Does he go like quite un you know like attended to and and, and spend two years in you know in exactly. two years in solitary confinement go home and uh, kill himself? No, exactly. he doesn't or, deserve or, or, that. Or the Sandra Bland thing. A lot of people. Oh, she mouthed off to. The, okay, fine. So she mouths off to cops. She has a big mouth. Okay. It's not against the law to mouth off against cops. Exactly. Exactly. So it's not. It's also not. Yeah. You know, it's been written into the law recently that. It's you're allowed to be annoying, I, yeah. 
it's not illegal to be annoying. Yeah. But, ooh, I want to talk about police police brutality in movies. Maybe next time. Next time, yeah, because that's yeah we're might be winding down here, and that's a that'll start a whole other. And maybe uh, maybe next time we'll talk about Freddy Got Fingered. Definitely have to do that. Um, at some point, I do want to talk about this Chet Baker uh, documentary. That that has to be a point of the next uh, episode. Freddy yeah, I figured for sure. Well, uh, do you? Have, oh, do you have homework for me? Um. Yeah, you know what? Um, I'm gonna I'll, I'll re I'll retransfer Fear X to you. Wonderful. Because I want you to see that see that movie. It's yeah. Like, I haven't had a good six. I haven't had a good. Uh, Success rate with suggesting that movie. I'm 0 for two. Uh, my friend, our, our mutual friend and Tume, and my other buddy Brad. Neither of them like that movie. I mean, so. me, me, and you, our friendship started blooming because you recommended me only God forgives, and I loved it. Nice. Okay. And uh, oh, you know what? Fear X is along the line. Is along of and uh, the uh, Valhalla Rising. Valhalla Rising. Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, fear act. And when that dude got reincarnated as a Star Wars dude, that was wild. Wait, what? The 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 Viking in Valhalla oh, Rising. Yeah. yeah, he just showed up in space. Yeah, he, okay. they always he's fuck up his man. face. His face is always fucked up he in does. movies. He's one eye in Valhalla Rising. He's got the scar on his eye in uh, Casino Royale. Um, oh, I never thought about that. In yeah. in uh, I guess I don't know if you saw Doctor Strange. No, but his eyes, yeah, and his eyes gets fucked up. What the hell is up with the eyes? Yeah, I don't know. I gotta ask him. All right. Where can people find you? Uh, on Twitter at Pinland underscore Empire, or you can go to uh, PinlandEmpire.com or ThePinkSmoke.com. And you can find me at ScottThorough.com, Twitter ScottThorough, but I'm trying to tweet a little less these days, and Instagram at ScottThorough, and uh, yeah. Uh, since 9-5, mama been working 9-5 And I know the landlord fed up with our lies So we pray to the guys, the jives, and the our lies To keep us safe and watch our lives Cause all we trying to do is do good Put on my hood when I walk through hoods Cause these niggas these days is local You get it in your vocals if you ain't a local Yeah, that's why I'm trying to go global Yeah, that's why I'm trying to be a mogul I'm hopeful that me spitting this sofa Will have me in the daily postal Flying coastal, eating tofu Like I told you, I know niggas who trash rapping Worry about the trending fashions Rather than the sending passion They want me sending